0: All right, so hello everyone. My name is Gabriel Natucci. I'm a PhD student in game design here in Brazil, and I'm going to present our study, the experience dynamics and artifacts framework towards a holistic model for designing both serious and entertainment games. In brief, this work proposed a new game design framework called the EDA that includes common elements found in the gaming industry, as well as elements associated in the literature with serious games. We'll first look at the motivation for this work, followed by methodology and theoretical background. Finally, we'll present our EDA framework, its advantages, and limitations as well. Traditional approaches divide game design efforts into two main categories. Uh, Entertainment games focusing on commercial and emotional value and serious games whose purpose is other than just entertainment and are typically associated with pedagogical applications. In general, there's little convergence between these views and serious games as a whole are considered mainly through the lens of knowledge acquisition and behavioral changes. To give you one example of the entertainment uh, game design framework, I think the most famous one is the MDA framework which stands for Mechanics, Dynamics, and Aesthetics. Regarding serious games, one frameworks that attempt to bridge the gap between entertainment and learning is the DDE, which stands for Design, Play, and Experience. It explicitly includes learning and pedagogical elements into account, which are highlighted here in red. However, this view is still separate from traditional game elements, such as mechanics, narrative, or even emotions, as you can see here. These separate approaches to game design have led to various challenges and limitations. Several studies highlighted these limitations, such as the fact that most serious games frameworks propose a pedagogical goal, but very few are actually concerned with the player experience itself. Another po- problem found in the literature relates to motivational challenges, with academics and game design experts stating that one of the greatest challenges in serious games is to create motivational experiences. And finally, educators in general struggle to combine and use basic game elements into useful learning experiences. So to address this gap between learning and entertainment in games, we first reviewed main pedagogical approaches in serious games design found in the literature. We then reviewed and compared entertainment design frameworks and proposed a unified one that addresses learning holistically. This holistic view was also utilized to redefine the concept of a game itself accounting for both entertainment and serious views in a single definition. Regarding learning theories, the most common pedagogical approaches found in the literature was constructivism and social constructivism, which places the learner as an active information constructor. Learning games in this context is considered through a set of learning mechanics, which are defined as dynamic operations based on pedagogical principles, typically tutorials, task repetitions, or even assessments in game. Through an analysis of systematic reviews, the most common and effective learning mechanics found in the literature of games were the creation of goals and challenges themselves, the presence of a clear feedback process, and also the presence of a scaffolding process, which is a constructivism process of learner support through guidance and instruction. Also narrative and storytelling elements were present highly in the literature regarding serious games. After that, we reviewed four common game design frameworks found in the literature, including the MDA and the DD previously presented. Most of the reviewed frameworks are based on the MDA itself and divide the gameplay process and design into five distinct components. Basically, they are the, the player model itself, or whether the player is taking into account explicitly or not in the model. The game's hedonic aspects, such as graphics, art style, and user interface. Player game interactions, which are typically called dynamics. And the game in-game interactions, which are the game emergent behaviors or inner, inner dynamics. And finally, the game components themselves, like the game parts. of so controls, mechanics, rules, levels, and so on. We also highlighted in this work, whether the player experience and the designer experience are thought of as a linear or non-linear process. Finally, based on this review, we found several common structures among frameworks, like the experience and dynamics elements, as you can see highlighted here. Thus, based on all of this, our main contribution in this work is the proposal of the EDA framework, which is suitable for creating both entertainment and serious games alike, based on the reviewed elements from the previous frameworks and on the common learning mechanics found in the literature. We'll now discuss some of the details of the ADA components highlighting here in blue, the elements related to learning mechanics and serious games explicitly. All right, so our ADA model stands for Experience, Dynamics and Artifacts. Similarly to previous models, the experience here refers generally to player affordances, to mental representations and appraisal process, which we'll discuss later. The dynamics components refers to all game emergent behavior, either related to player game interactions, the gameplay itself, or the in-game interactions, interactions between objects in the game. Finally, as in previous frameworks, the artifacts here relate to objects and systems used Restructure the game experience from aesthetics to mechanics. So, EDA interconnects these elements first by connecting experience with the artifacts through player controls and actions. The experience here is divided into in game experiences and post game experiences. Post game experiences refer to any long term knowledge acquisitions and impressions from the game which are summarized in a perception element. Here, knowledge acquisition refers to both learning about the game rules, environment, lore, and controls, as well as any serious games learning objectives. In-game experiences, on the other hand, refer to any impressions that happen within the gameplay. In EDA, every feedback and potential impression go through a psychological appraisal process, which is defined by Share as a subjective evaluation or coping mechanism to particular situations. This process in EDA is related to emotions, engagement with cognitive, behavioral, and social cultural components, as you can see here on the right, and also an interpreted narrative. That is what the player understands about the narrative of the game and how he interprets it. This evaluation is then passed through a persona, a subjective representation of the player during the gameplay. The persona includes the player's personality and beliefs while playing the game. After appraising any game experience or feedback, the persona decides what to discard in the short term or to keep in the long term as a perception. Here, it's important to highlight a key difference between the EDA and the other frameworks. Uh, It basically takes into account the social, cultural, and effective elements or emotional elements as required components for learning, in this case, uh, describe their perceptions rather than a complementary model. It is also the persona that interacts directly with the artifact elements. Artifacts here uh, basically consists of the game's technological medium, whether it's a board game or tabletop game or digital one, an embedded narrative component, which accounts for the designer's intended narrative or the story he wants to be told in the game. And finally, a mechanics component. Uh, differently from the traditional MDA, mechanics here represents both the aesthetics and the game's mechan- the game mechanics themselves. Aesthetics here is basically defined as the user interface, interface, the graphics, the art style, and so on, and the general game elements as rules, controls, levels, and so on, are also present here. Finally, There's the concept of narrative structures, which are also very associated with series game design. Uh, In this context, the narrative structures here are defined as plot structures, like the three-act structure or the hero's journey, for instance. So they're actually tools that enables the designer to create the game more effectively. Finally, the artifact relates to dynamics or creates an emergent dynamics during the gameplay process itself. So the interactions with artifacts create emergent behavior during the, game, the gameplay process, which is represented here for, by the dynamic process. So this dynamics is then uh, basically comprised by all major learning mechanics found in the literature, which are the challenges themselves. So every game has to present some sort of challenge for the players. Scaffolding process, which is basically uh, for entertaining games, games, referring to tutorials or intuitive game rules or something like that. But for learning objective is actually uh, to provide the support of a teacher or someone who actually helps the learner achieve something in a learning environment. And finally, emergent narrative, which emerges from the game the gameplay process itself. Finally, the dynamics of the gameplay is conveyed back to the player using various types of feedback elements. In EDA, these three components, as you can see here, they interact with each other through a very non-structure in the game industry, the game loop. So in this view, a game consists of several game loops generating new dynamics and experience through artifact manipulation. So the whole dynamics of a game can actually be contained in in the simple element here. And these interactions actually refer to both entertainment aspects and also learning aspects in the game. To further integrate this view of learning and entertaining simultaneously in games, we propose a new revised definition of what a game actually is. This definition includes both learning in terms of game rules, controls, and lore, as well as pedagogical content present in serious games. Hence, CDA here is viewed as a unifying framework that considers both pedagogical elements regardless of the game objective, if it's entertainment or not. So in this context, a game can be viewed as a system which focuses on emotional outcomes in which players engage in a learning challenge designed to overcome a problem with a playful attitude. This can comprise anything from traditional entertainment games as the learning challenge there is to improve the player's controls of the game or to learn about the lore and so on, or explicitly address learning challenges in serious game design. So to summarize, some of the features in EDA includes the addition of learning as an integral part of gameplay, not as a complementary module, as viewed by traditional frameworks like the DDE presented previously. It also takes into account recent psychological appraisal process to describe the player experience itself and considers social, cultural, behavioral, motivation, and affective foundations. Particularly, emotion has been highly connected with learning experience, but it hasn't been very explored in the literature concerning serious games yet. Finally, EDA itself is based on common elements found in the reviewed frameworks, as well as in common game design elements, such as the concept of game loop itself. So in conclusion, in this work, we proposed the revived game definition, as well as a new framework for designing both entertainment and serious games. And to do so, we reviewed main learning mechanics and design frameworks found in the literature. Future work will involve testing the empirical validity of EDA as well as integrating it with new guidelines and new models and design concepts found in the literature as there are many, many, many models that we can integrate here further. So thank you very much for your attention and I'll take some questions now. Yeah, so again, if you have questions for Gabriel, uh, make sure to write them in the Q&A. Um, but immediately, it looks like Connor has a question in here. And uh, if you open the Q&A, you can read it. Oh, thank you. All right. So, Connor, can anyone, anyone see this question or should I read it? Uh, read it out loud. All right. So Connor asked, was there a specific entertainment game or serious game that you referred to in mind as you built this presentation, or were you able to do this without actually thinking of an example in your head? Uh, so there were some examples, both from entertainment and serious games perspectives, uh, but not a specific one. I mean, we didn't have a goal as to reach uh, the modeling capability for some specific game or not. We try to address the most generic components as possible. And actually, future work will involve uh, maybe tweaking the model a little bit to further address specific elements or specific elements in particular games. So thank you. Oh, yeah. One more. All right. Another one, right? any titles you'd be able to mention so that I might understand better. Right, so let's go back Okay. here. All right. So uh, on the top of my hand, I'm not thinking about any type of game yet, but uh, let's take Skyrim, right? (laughs) I love Skyrim. So basically, we can understand Skyrim from the perspective of these three elements. I mean, Skyrim provides a game experience in some form, Uh, basically it provides also uh, learning mechanics. So when a player actually has to play Skyrim, gets to play Skyrim, he has to learn the rules, right? Which are basically the skill trees or how to attack or how to access the menu. It's not that straightforward, right? So if you take the experience framework, for instance, the experience element, you can actually uh, split these components. So uh, a game designer can think of what the player has to store in his long-term memory, basically the game rules, right? So the game has to be able to stimulate players in order to, for them to use the controls effectively. So everything that concerns game rules has to be stored as a perception. In order to do that, he actually has to think about what are the emotions that a player goes through while playing the game. I mean, there is a reason why there's uh, no explicit menu in Skyrim, right? You have to press a key in order to do something. So it to provide an open world experience more effectively. So this can be thought of as an emotional component for the experience that actually can be linked to, to have the player learning better or specifically addressing uh, long-term knowledge acquisition in terms of game rules. So we can think of processes like that. Uh, similarly, the artifacts would be the game controls themselves. Like uh, when, I, when I press some button, what does it do? What buttons goes into the design of the game? So this is in the context of the artifacts. And finally, the dynamics in an open world basically refers to the, uh, the NPC quests or how a player can stack these quests with each other. Uh, so this can be used as well to split the understanding of the game and better in, uh, design it or improve it. For instance, uh, in case of Skyrim, I I always felt odd by being the champion of both the good guys and bad guys simultaneously, and nothing happened because of that. So if they use this framework in terms of dynamics, they would see basically that there's some sort of um, interference between these two elements, and this could help them design the game better. I hope I answered your question.